Hello and welcome to another episode of the Championship Amateur Podcast. We're now at game week five and for many of us, including myself, that means it's wildcard time. Uh, looking back sort of my last part ahead of game week three, I mentioned that managers should start having a plan surrounding their wildcard. At that point, when I recorded that pod, I wasn't planning to use mine. And it was only after using, um, recording that pod and then looking at my own team that I decided it was probably the best move for me to make. Um, mainly because of Middlesbrough, I think, was the main thing that swayed me in that direction. I just didn't like their fixtures after game week five, and I had a few in my team. So I thought then that I would do it. Um, and so now I've decided to. So I'm already active um, for my wildcard and, and now starting to put together a few draft teams. Uh, apologies to those not playing a wild card this week as that is the theme of what I'm doing this week but hopefully there's still plenty for you to digest in terms of how you want to target upcoming batches of fixtures and advice that you might choose to follow when you decide to play your wild card whenever that is this season. Um, as this is a double game week, game week five, it's probably only right that I also do a double podcast. So this is obviously part one and then I'll do part two afterwards that will look at differentials and sort of player suggestions at various price points um, I think the first thing when considering your wild card now is to be absolutely set on how much you really want to attack this double game week um, I think when playing any sort of chip you generally want to get an immediate gain from the move and as a minimum I think you kind of expect a decent chunk of points extra um, from what the original team would have got um, for that same game week so some managers I suppose now will decide to use the game week's goal in on the double and I suppose they could conceivably have a team that's got Hippier, Weatherall in defence, Biscan and a Blackburn midfielder whether that's Dundaff or Ronald De Boer in midfield they could have Owen and Janssen up front um, I say good luck to those managers because there's a higher chance they'll get a score for around 100 points if they get six double game week players in and pick a good captain but um, I'm not really convinced that that's the best way to use it uh, my sim data kind of backs it up as well that holding six players across Blackburn and Liverpool uh, moving forward isn't probably a great strategy so Liverpool have got four straight away games directly after the double and although these may be against weaker low rep teams they've got the three promoted teams for example the sim data shows that goals are not especially forthcoming in those games uh, they're definitely better options than Owen in the four games directly to follow the double Biscan not great either. He could probably be a first sub at best and come on and do okay, but I don't think you'd really ideally want him. Blackburn, on the other hand, they're a slightly better longer term, but again, I think three players from them is probably a bit excessive. Obviously, managers do have the choice to use their free transfers each week and take hits to remove the double game week players in for game week six, game week seven and beyond, but I don't think I really want to be booking in a minus four to get rid of Owen and Jensen in a week straight after a wild card, for example. For me, I prefer to see a wild card as a longer term chip. I use it to really to help set me up for a prolonged period of time, and I, I prefer to do that over than chase immediate gains with it. I think free hits are there for immediate gains. I think wild card, especially when using it as early as we are here, is something that needs a little bit more planning with it. So I'm going to start off by talking you through sort of the steps that have gone into my planning about my wild card. It might be a bit excessive to some, um, but I'll talk through, and you can obviously work out anything from what I do that may help you. So the first thing that I did is to pick a point in the season where I think is a good point to reassess my team. So I've, I've settled on game week 17, as I think this is the next point in the season where clubs have sequences of good fixtures like what we've just experienced from game week one to four. So game week 17 and beyond, there's clubs, there's um, 
fixture runs in where clubs have like three home games in four, for example. So it seems a logical time to then another sort of big change in squad, shall we say, then. So so I've set up a sheet that only highlights fixtures between game week five and game week 16, as that is my sort of wildcard period, shall we say. So Tala, who's on the Twitter handle, Tala underscore Nadeem underscore 90, he's got a fixture calendar in his profile, um, and that's ideal to use for this. Tala's one of the guys that sort of helps the game run in the background, does quite a lot um, to make it happen, so he's a good person to show some support to as well. So I used, um, I say, the fixture calendar in his Twitter handle, and I started by removing the clubs that I sort of had no interest in owning players from in this run. There were a handful of clubs as well that fit that trend. So, for example, Ipswich were one, as they had quite um, quite a few runs of away games, which we kind of know by now is an ideal in this game. And also their home games weren't particularly the most enticing either. So I settled on Ipswich not having one fixture where I'd want to play any of their players between game week 7 and 13, which is obviously quite a long period of time to have a permanent benching option. So I decided I don't want any Ipswich players. I said there's a few other clubs as well that I've completely written off owning players between game week 5 and game week 16. So I would that's what I've chose to do. You may want to do the same. Then of the remaining teams I had left, I've listed them in terms of who had the most home fixtures across the 12 game weeks. So it stands to reason that I guess the more home fixtures, the better. There's some teams that have got five, some that have got six, and the most, some teams have seven in the next 12 game weeks. So for all the clubs with seven, as an example, I've ranked them on fixture difficulty of their home games. So Again, a little bit of information here. Aston Villa ranked near the top of my list. They've got seven home games. And the highest team they face at home for reputation is Newcastle, which ought to that they've avoided all of the bigger guns where they may play a bit more defensively. Um, also, two of their away games are against Charlton and Leicester. Um, and I think, I think most people would agree you'd be more than happy to play their assets in those two away games. So in the next 12, Villa have got nine games where I'll be happy to, to play their players. I think that's quite significant in a wild card that you've got... Um, so a backbone of players from certain teams with good runs of games, and then you can put your premium players in around that. So so now I've got my own table, but so obviously my table's not ranking clubs by home wins, by goal difference or points or anything like that. I've got a table now based on home games and how many of the upcoming 12 game weeks I'll be happy to play assets from certain teams. So the teams sort of in the top five in that table, players from those teams are now forming the backbone of my squad. So I've got, I think I've got eight or nine players of my squad playing for those five teams. I'll be happy to pretty much play most weeks. Um, shouldn't have to make any transfers. Shouldn't really be stung too much by too many weeks where I've got loads of away players because these players from these teams have got lots of home games in the 12 and they're quite good home games. And even the away games they've got are not, say, Manchester United leads where they've got ultra-defensive uh, men behind the ball and have got no chance of returns, really. I've done this because the only transfers I really want to be making are really on rotating premium strikers. Um, so the aim really is to get the rest of my team set with minimal need for transfers. That's sort of the what I consider vital to my strategy. Um, what's worth noting is from now until game week 17, uh, there's, there's a good run where not many teams have consecutive, consecutive home games. So... We all know we don't really want to be captain away players, and it's, it's not like we've just had where teams have got runs at home. So I think you, you are going to be making a transfer most weeks to get someone in who you want to captain. And if you want to be using your transfer to do that, which I want to, I don't want to be doing it rotating defenders or midfielders, hence why I've decided to try and get a, a squad now that shouldn't need much changing apart from obviously the odd red card or injury. 
So, as I said, I'm going to be looking to transfer a striker each week is my plan. So, what I did first um, was to start by picking my five defenders who I'm happy to keep until game week 17. My plan for this was to have two every weekers from strong teams, two from slightly weaker teams that rank highly on my table, and then the best fifth defender who's... Right, well, there's different strategies for the best fifth defenders. So I'll come on to that in a minute because I, I ideally want to be playing at least four defenders every week. So my every week is quite simple, really. Um, Hippier, he's got the, obviously the double this week. Liverpool, in general, across all of my season-long sims, concede the fewest goals, and he's obviously good for bonus. Might take penalties, so I think he's a no-brainer. And then Sylvester as well. He's, I think he's the most nailed defender at Man United. We've already seen his extremely high average rating this season. Um, they've got the potential to keep the most clean sheets. I think it's been known that they keep 25 to 30 a season in some sims. Every every other opposition team goes more defensively against them because of their rep, so they should attack Man United less. So I think it's a sensible strategy to start with Sylvester and Hippier on a on a um, on a wild card as your first two defenders. Then I've already spoken about Aston Villa having a, a really good run. Um, I think Melberg's their most nailed defender. He plays centre back, so he's got a good chance of bonus. I say the fixtures are good. So I think he's he's nailed as well. He's going to play 9 out of 12 game weeks in my defence. So pretty much Sylvester and Hipper every week. Um, Milberg 9 out of 12. That's my back three pretty much nailed. But I say I like to play 4 or 5. So I then looked for another defender like Melberg, who is as nailed as can be. Um, he's a centre-back who gets good bonus. Um, and he's on the cheaper end of the budget scale. Um, because I need the budget to get more premium strikers. And I wanted someone who's got fairly good fixtures. So Emerson Tome, I think, is quite good for this. Um, Sunderland are quite low rep, so they, he, he shouldn't get repped out very much and rotated. He's already proven to be quite good for bonus. Um, he was good last year for the, in the same thing. So I think he's a good fourth defender to have. And so now I've got those four defenders in. Now I've got five choices, I suppose, now for my fifth defender. I either pick Galley at Watford because he's four million. I play him, I could play him when, I, when he's got a good fixture and hopefully make the most of the extra budget I save somewhere else. My fifth defender could be another every weaker, maybe like a Desai. He won't concede many. Chelsea come out really good in my sims. Not quite as good as Liverpool, but fairly good. He's obviously already proven this year to be quite good for points. He gets bonus. And as I like to play 5-2-3 as my preferred strategy, I think midfields offers the least. Defenders are, are more predictable, especially in terms of bonus. So I like to play 5-2-3. Desai, could, if I've got the budget, I could have another every weaker like him and stick him as my fifth defender. Alternatively, I could go for someone like Ricardo Gardner, who's kind of fixture-proof. He gets attacking returns and bonus against anyone. So you just own him and play him every week. You'll you have him in bad away games. Sometimes we won't do very much, but it's a risk you take with him. The fourth option for my fifth defender is to pick a defender that best plugs the gaps in odd weeks where maybe two of my other defenders have got iffy games. So I think there's a week between 5 and 17 with Liverpool away to Man United. I, I wouldn't be against playing Hippie that week, but if I've got other players that are better I would be happy to bench him for that one-off week equally there'll be weeks where Melberg and Tom in my structure haven't got the best like Villa away to Leicester I would play um, Melberg in that week but if the fifth defender's got a better game I'll play him instead so my fifth defender could just be say someone to plug the gap when two of my other defenders are away I've got unfavourable fixtures or my fifth choice really for my fifth defender is just to pick someone like Weatherall he's got the double this week Blackburn's fixtures aren't horrendous long term and so that's not so bad either. So at the moment I've got four defenders locked in. I've got um, Hippier, Sylvester, Milberg and Tom and then I've got to decide now whether I need the budget um, for other positions and so I'll pick Galley. 
Um, I've got to decide really if I really just want to go full on with my five defenders and I'll go for Desai. I'd say Weatherall is a, a real option as well because of the double. And he he's not too bad for plugging gaps either. So I think he's between those three, but I wouldn't be against someone picking Gardner and just playing him every week. Um, so that's my defence sort of plan. Uh, for goalkeepers, I'll just have 2.5, uh, two 4.5 goalkeepers. So I'll just allocate 9 million to that and I'll get to uh, nearer the deadline. I, I don't really know who I want. I, I imagine I've had the Watford guy, um, the, the Greek guy from Watford and Poom up until now. I'd be happy to keep those two. I don't expect Yaskolainen to carry on doing as well as he's doing. And I, I feel like I, I'm more likely to want Bolton slots down the line than what I am Derby or Watford. So I may just keep the two goalkeepers I've already got and not clog up a Bolton spot with Yaskolainen. But obviously I may I may transfer one to Yaskolainen. Again, I'll try and look for home and away rotation for my two 4.5 goalkeepers. Um, but that's what I'll be doing with those. Midfielders, I've already said I like playing 5-2-3. I'm not overly bothered about midfielders. I consider strikers more important. So now I've got my defence sorted, I'll get my strikers next and then I'll work out my midfielders based on whatever budget I've got left. So obviously the first question now is which strikers do I want? It's very tricky actually at the minute with strikers. I think it kind of needs a strategy and a spreadsheet of its own almost to, to pick the strikers. I've said already like earlier in, in this podcast that this is where I solely want to be making my transfers. I think you kind of want to be able to get the best striker every week and to captain them. So I, I kind of already know that I need budget for at least two premium strikers. There's some good news here because I don't think there's a week where I want both Van Nistelrooy and Viduka at the same time for a while. Obviously, that would take up the most budget to have the two most expensive strikers. So thankfully, I haven't got to save enough to afford those two. I think for wild cards in general, now having a strategy around Van Nistelrooy is probably the biggest decision I have to make. I think it's pretty obvious and clear that he's the best, the most consistent striker in the game. And also is the most captain by the majority of managers. So you do kind of need him really as cover. That's because I say 90% of the weeks he'll be the most captain player. And if you haven't got him at all, you're losing all the points if he hauls. So I've barely captained Van Nistelrooy so far. I think I've only captained him week one. Um, but I, I wouldn't really dream of going against him completely for long runs of fixtures because he's just too highly owned and will do so much damage if he does score a hat-trick. So I think... I don't think you necessarily have to captain him. I think there's alternatives to captaining him where you can do well. But I think saying I'm not going to own Van Nistelrooy at all is, is massively dangerous. But I do think game week five, there are there are much better options. He's got Blackburn away. That's not a good fixture for him. I don't think he re- returns that many goals in my Sims. So what do you do with him in game week five? So you own him um, and just leave him there. And the money's already been allocated because you know you're going to want him longer term. Do you take a one-week punt on someone like an Henri or a Duca with the plan to then obviously move to Van Nistelrooy for game week six, um, where he's got Leicester at home? Such a good fixture. I'd imagine he'll easily be the most captain for that week. So do you just get a one-week punt into then in preparation for Van Nistelrooy next week? Or there's another option is do you risk going four weeks without Van Nistelrooy? So he's got three away games in the next four weeks. And we kind of already know he generally isn't as dangerous in away games, especially for bonus so the one home games next week um, is at home to Leicester and they have got the second lowest reputation in the league so I would argue there's more chance that he could be rotated in that game than most others um, it's dangerous sort of predicting that he's going to be rep 12 out but it's something to weigh up and I think this is my current plan is that I'm, I'm bookmarking in now no Van Nistelrooy for four weeks so it could backfire massively on me but I'll, I'll, I'll have him back for game week nine I think is my plan so 
again, it means not pre-booking in transfers with him, or just it does, but down the line. And I haven't got a rush to get him back in for the Leicester game in game week six. So I've now got to be shrewd enough with my other striker moves to cover his points for the next four. And this is tough uh, in the next four weeks. So it's just a run through of some of the strikers you've got. You've obviously got Owen and Jensen with doubles this week. Thierry Henry is the best striker this week in my sim data. I think, again, there's problems with him in my 10 sims. He only played seven games. He, the whole there was rep 12 happened twice um, for Arsenal against Watford, but when he played he was on fire. I think in seven games he got man of the match four times and 11 goals. So he, to me he's the best captain this week if you are prepared to run the risk that he plays. I think Arsenal do rep 12 more than some other teams. It's a risk. We we saw it last year. I wouldn't worry so much about the early subs. I think that was a bit of an anomaly last year, but the rep 12 is is real. Um, so. So I think he's the best captain, but I can understand why he wouldn't want to go there, and I'm not sure if I'm going there yet. Um, Viduka is only just behind Omri in terms of stats this week and um, and points, so he's someone to seriously consider as well. Kevin Phillips, brilliant this week. Chelsea at home doesn't look like the best fixture, but he comes out of it really well. Um, and of all the premium strikers, I think he's got the best fixtures in the medium term. Also, obviously, a positive for him is that he takes penalties where other strikers don't. And because he plays for Sunderland, who are rep 12, he's less likely to get rotated than some of the other strikers around. So there's a lot to like about Phillips. I think most are going to want him at some point in the next five to six game weeks. So you could just get him now. He's got a good fixture this week. I think it's Ipswich away next week, which isn't horrendous either. So you just get him now and not have to worry about making any transfers. Um, I think I was talking about, obviously, Van Nistelrooy as the best captain next week. It's not so clear-cut as that because Alan Shearer's got a great fixture next week at home to Derby. Shearer's also got a better fixture than Van Nistelrooy this week. Um, he's away to Leicester, which is better than Van Nistelrooy away to Blackburn. So I would expect Shearer to better Van Nistelrooy this week and at least match him next week. So he could be cover for Van Nistelrooy then. Um, I say those two, Van Nistelrooy and Shearer, are comfortably the best game week six captains. I think you'll need one of them. So um, how you go about getting to there is obviously... Something to consider. One option is to get on Reed this week or Viduka this week, move to Shearer next week and into Phillips for game week seven. I think that's a perfectly good strategy, but I say that's a lot of transfers you're pre-booking in. You could just get Shearer now for the next two and then move to Phillips or even just get Phillips now for the three. Um, you probably get a few less points, but you are saving the, the transfers. As I said, I'm still not set on my striker strategy yet, um, but I'm kind of on track with a plan I think my third striker is going to be someone a bit cheaper. I think the people I'm considering at the moment are Angel, One Chop, Yule and Ravinelli. Um, again, I don't really want to be rotating this spot, so I need to work out which one's got the best overall fixtures until game week 17, because I need my transfers for those two premium strikers to make sure I've got the best captain. Once I've kind of settled on all that, I'll reassess my midfield and just see what, whatever money I've got left and allocate that around. I think right now I've got two mids at 7 million and three cheap ones. So no Salakovic, no Veron. Um, I just think there's a lot less rotation possible at those price points. And I think I want two premiums to be able to hold them through good fixture runs, maybe hold Van Nistelrooy and rotate the second one. Um, if I go to a Veron, for example, it really limits the me having a good premium second striker. And just for rotation reasons and captain reasons, um, I'd rather have the premium second striker. So no Veron. And I said, I don't think I can even stretch to a Selakovic or anyone right now. So it's two seven mils and three cheapies. 
I would look to try and find combinations of the cheap players to make sure I've always got two midfielders playing at home to fit in with the 5-2-3. I've had Brian Hughes since week one and I think everyone's now aware of him after doing well last game week. I think he looks as shooing as one of the 4.5 midfielders who have in your squad. Um, the other two are a bit more open to interpretation of who you want. Maybe it's worth even stretching up to a couple of five millions to to be a better fit. So kind of just to finish on this week, I, I kind of feel like planning is something that doesn't tend to be that successful in this game. If you try and plan, it all goes wrong. You get upset pretty easily by suspensions and bookings, um, injuries as well. Even the best laid plans go, go to pot pretty quickly. But I, I, say, I think I've decided to try and wildcard with a longer term in mind, even if that's going to backfire. I don't, I say, I don't hate the strategy of maximising the doubles, but I think that's a lot of eggs in one basket of doing one game week. Um, if you're going to prioritise one game week, I feel like you might as well free hit rather than wild card. Um, so I'm hoping my plan is successful really in the longer term. A similar strategy did work well for me after my wild card midway through last season, especially in terms of getting my defence set. And I was kind of not far behind Luke in terms of rapidly climbing the ranks. Um, pretty much backfired then when I decided to get Marcus bent in for three good Blackburn games and he did nothing and everyone else had Kevin Phillips who did everything so that knocked me back down again but I climbed quite about three four hundred places in the second half of last season after basically paying my wild card and getting a load of things set for the second complete second half of the season so I'm hoping that I'm in an all right position now I think I'm about 260th at the minute after I came got the fifth highest score in the whole game week last game week so that's got me back into contention a little bit so now I'm hoping to use the wild card to plan a slightly more longer term and make sure that uh, I can keep um, keep getting green arrows. So yeah, that's it for sort of part one this week. I'll do a second podcast before Thursday to talk over individual players, um, some differentials at different price points, um, and just some players that some people might not have considered that do well in my sim data. Um, if there's any players that you do want me to mention specifically and discuss, then let me know through Discord or Twitter and I'll see what I can do. Other than that, um, good luck to those wildcarding. Hope you're um, getting your squads together. For those not wildcarding, I hope this has in some way helped. Um, hopefully the second part will also help you if you're planning on making uh, making some transfers this week. Cheers, guys.